Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, this last spring, I had the opportunity to take a group of college students to California. One of the things that we got to do while we were there was we took them one evening uh, to Hollywood. We got to see the big Hollywood sign, and there's a, a lot of fanfare in that particular area of California. And uh, one of the things that I had never had the opportunity to do was uh, I, I got to go and do the Walk of Fame. Uh, if you walk down the Walk of Fame there right on Hollywood Boulevard, there's all sorts of stars, like not like stars, like movie stars like you and me walking the streets, but literally uh, built into the sidewalk are these stars with, with names in them that represent people who are famous. Maybe you've had the opportunity to go to Hollywood and see those stars. And, and I've, I've looked over uh, just block after block. It was kind of fun just to, to see uh, one movie star, one famous singer after another. And I would read the signs and think, oh, yeah, I know that one. Or I don't know who that is, but I guess they're famous. But there was one name that I didn't see anywhere. No, it wasn't my name. I wasn't thinking that. So if you go to Hollywood, just, just know that my name's not quite there yet. You're supposed to laugh at that. It's a little funny. You know, maybe one day I'll be famous. But I didn't see Jesus' name. I didn't see God's name there. And I think, uh, you know, and I, in my mind, I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, God rules all the stars, right? I mean, he made the stars, but he rules all of us, and he doesn't get a star on the Walk of Fame. And, and it just kind of caused me to, to really begin to ask the question, well, what is it that Christians do? What is it that God's church does to make God famous? Uh, what is it uh, that we can do to really uh, highlight God's fame, to say, that his star belongs in the lives of people. What is it that we can do? And as we look into Scripture this morning, as we kind of uh, walk into a text, it becomes fairly apparent that at least one of the things that we do is live generously. That one of the ways that, that we highlight God's fame is we begin to live generously and that generosity begins to, to make God famous. It begins to set His star on the lives of people. Now Paul, uh, he's going to begin writing to this church that seems a little bit reluctant in their lives of generosity, seems a little bit reluctant to want to give. Maybe they're a little afraid. And we've been talking for the last three or four weeks about, about just giving, about generosity, about uh, saying, hey, what if we looked in Scripture and began to see what it is that God had to say about generosity? And so this morning, we just begin by, by trying to say, hey, what if living the generous life made God famous? Uh, what if uh, living the generous life really began this process where we begin to set in concrete Jesus' star in the lives of people? And maybe you've been attending and maybe you've been listening and, and you have something stirring within your life and, and uh, you've begun to say, I, I want to want to give, but I'm not there yet. 
I mean, I want to want to be a generous person, but every time I, I come to the edge of the cliff of giving and I look over, it's a scary leap. And all of us who have given to the Lord, all of us who have said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live the generous life, have been there. All of us at times get to the edge of the giving cliff and go, oh, okay, God, what now? But that perhaps in taking those big steps, we have an opportunity in living that generous life to make God famous and to put his star, put his star in the lives of people. I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 today, and I'm going to encourage you to go there. Uh, It's page 806 or 807. We'll probably be on both pages in the Pew Bible in front of you. So if you don't have a Bible, didn't bring one this morning, reach out and grab one of those, page 806 and 7. Second Corinthians chapter nine. I want to do a little show and tell this morning. I want to show you the results of a generous life, and I want to tell you why you don't have to be afraid to give. I want to show you what it is that God does with people who live a generous life, and I want to tell you that there is a God who is present, and you don't have to be afraid of living the generous life. I'm going to begin in verse 6 of chapter 9. Remember this, Paul writes, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, He has scattered abroad His gifts to the poor, His righteousness endures forever." Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, uh, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of Christ, the gospel of Christ, and for your generosity with them and with everyone else. And in your prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace that God has given to you. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Why is it that you don't have to be afraid to give? I want to tell you why it is that you don't have to be afraid. I want to tell you why it is that when you come to the edge of the cliff of giving, 
of trying to live a generous life that you can actually give and do it so cheerfully. Paul seems to say over and over and over and over and over, and everybody say over, over again in this particular passage that God stands behind you when you give. God has your back. He's the, he's the loner of all that you have, and He is the co-signer of the loan on your generosity. He stands behind you, and because He does, uh, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. Uh, you don't need to fear uh, that great big step of trying to live out a generous life. I mean, notice the things that, that Paul really begins to say about God here. He says in verse 8, and God is able, God is able, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in all good work. Uh, several times, did you kind of get a, a sense of what Paul was attempting to say here? That when you are generous, that when you give, God stands behind you. And, and when he says, hey, all of this is going to be given to you at all times, having all that you need, uh, what he's just simply trying to say is, hey, gang, uh, God cares about you, and his provision will be met in himself. He doesn't stop in verse 8. He goes on to verse 9, which is a quote from Psalm uh, chapter 112. And it's really a psalm about a guy who wants to live a righteous life. And one of those characteristics of living this righteous life is just this idea that I can be generous because I recognize the God that stands behind me, that supports me, that provides for me, that cares for me. And then in verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase the store of your uh, seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Does it seem to you that, that Paul is trying to get us to look at this generous God that has already given to us? And, and that if we are willing to step out in the, uh, a generous life, that there is a God who stands behind us, that He is with us, that He cares for us. Now, I don't want us to get the wrong idea here, right? I don't want us to get the idea that when we give, somehow God is a magic slot machine and we just pull the lever and we're going to uh, you know, see a flood of uh, material blessings come our way. I mean, hey, Christmas is coming up. As if all I need is just to make a list for God and the, all the new technology and all the new little toys that I would love to have. No, that's not what he's saying. What he is saying, however, is that when you live a generous life, God seems to be content to give you a little more so that you can continue to be and do good work. And that good work will, well, it's going to be cyclical, isn't it? God's going to give to you and you're going to continue to be generous. And every time you're going to continue to be generous, God's going to say, I'm going to continue to allow you to live out this righteous life. When Paul says here, when he says, uh, 
and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. He's not saying, I'm declaring you righteous. He does that in other passages. He's using righteousness here as a moral way of living life. How is it that you live your life? Do you live your life in a righteous way? And when you go about uh, living out the generosity that God has given to you, uh, you can know that those opportunities to continue to give are going to continue to come up uh, because, because God has set in you this desire to want to give. And when you give, He stands behind you. And every time that there's another opportunity for you to give and you follow through, He's going to say, hey, your righteousness, how, your, your moral capacity about how you go about living life, that's going to enlarge. How many of you would love to have a money tree in the backyard? Anybody? Money tree? Uh, maybe your parents uh, used to tell you like they told me, uh, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, you have parents like mine. Money doesn't grow on trees. But man, wouldn't it be great if you had a money tree? Oh man, I would like, we, put, we, we would guard it, wouldn't we? Right? Or we would bring, we'd build a, a, like a, a greenhouse around it and then a big fence. And Oh man, wouldn't a money tree be great? Uh, how about, <laughs> how about, <laughs> I hear, I saw one person, no way, no. Uh, too much headache, right? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe the golden goose, the, the goose that lays the golden egg, anybody? Right? Maybe. All right? Um, I thought of those uh, couple, couple things. Uh, wouldn't it be great? Maybe, maybe it's the Midas touch. Maybe you would just love to have the Midas touch. Right? Anything that you touched, uh, it was like, oh, that'd be golden. Right? My business. Right? Uh, man, everything. I could invest here and it would be golden. I would just be guaranteed. Farmers. Right? Wouldn't you love to have the Midas touch? Right? All you have to do is just kind of run your fingers across the seed and a guaranteed yield. Oh, good, good. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, man. I, I, and think of the things that you might do. Can you think? What, what would happen if you had a money tree? What would happen if you had the goose that laid the golden egg? What, what would you do with it? Are you making a list already? I think, about, I think about this and I think, oh man, if we had a bucket, right, to stick all the stuff that we would love if we had that money tree or the Midas touch, right, or the goose that laid the golden egg. How many of you, would you make a list? Don't raise your hands. Don't, I'm just, maybe, take, make a mental note. Would you, would you buy a new house? Would you buy a new car? Would you buy new gadgets? Right? What would you buy and put in, in your bucket? Now, the sense that I get, the sense that I get is that God provides for His people. Uh, in fact, in verse, 11, uh, in verse 11 of chapter 9, it says, You will be made rich in every way. Wow, it seems like God in some aspect, at least according to Paul, has already given us the money tree, has already given us the goose that lays the golden egg, has already given us, uh, what was the third one? (laughs) 
has already given us all that stuff. And, and yet he points it away from us. He points it away from us. Notice how verse 11 ends. You may be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Maybe God has already given you the money tree. Maybe He has already given you the Midas touch. Maybe He has already given you the goose that lays the golden egg. And all you have to do is begin to embrace it and say, okay, Lord, thank You for what You have given to me. And now I am going to, with whatever You have given, I'm not going to pile it in a bucket for myself. I'm not going to pile the house in for myself or the car for myself or the technology for myself. I'm going to take that bucket and I'm going to pour it out in generosity to other people. So maybe you do get the new house. What do you do with it? Will you be generous with your house? Will you allow people to come in and be a part of your house? Uh, will you allow the church to be in your house? Uh, will that house really be this opportunity for you uh, to begin to live a generous life and say, uh, Lord, this is your house and I want to be generous with it. And maybe you can do the same with your car and your gadgets. And you can say, you have given to me. Let me be generous. What would happen? What would happen if Instead of thinking, man, if I only had the money tree, if I only had the goose that laid the golden egg, uh, and I could have all my stuff, if we began to shift our focus in God's direction, and, and we would begin to say, Lord, you have given all this to me, and now I'm going to pour it out in generosity so that other people might find you to be famous. Wouldn't that be great? And can I, can I just praise you guys? Can I thank God for you today? I, earlier in the week, I, I text several of our leaders and I began to say, hey, how do our people give? And I got a bunch of really sarcastic comments back. Like, they give, they, how do they give? They give with their checks. I was like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. I mean, like, what do people give to? And I, I began to get so many things pouring in. I was like, I can't begin to possibly name all of them, but can I name a few? You guys give to missionaries around the world. Uh, you guys um, gave to Good News Productions $5,000 to begin to allow a satellite to, to get up uplinked or whatever it needed to do uh, so, that, uh, so that other people could begin to hear a message of the gospel in areas of the world where they don't normally get to hear the gospel. Uh, you guys give to CIY trips, and, and you not only give to CIY trips, but you give to certain students and give them scholarship, and, and then uh, you support them with snacks, and uh, can I keep going? I mean, you guys not only do that, but when there's a, there's a, a meeting in the, 
in the Family Life Center, and we have a meal, and the kids come, and they serve you. Uh, you guys are there, and you begin uh, to reach deep into your pockets, and you begin uh, to, to shell out money because you recognize something bigger here is going on than the money in your pocket. And you're saying, hey, I'm going to live the generous life, and God is going to get famous. And we're going to set the star of God in some young person's life, and, and I want to see that happen. And you guys give Christmas boxes, and you go to the store, and you pick out things, and you guys give duffel bags for people who are in need, and you give warm socks for, for people that don't have warm socks. And if we had a coat drive, there'd be more coats here than anybody could possibly imagine. And, and you guys give books for, uh, for kids that come... Um, uh, you know, at the, at the back-to-school drive, and, and you give backpacks, and you give crayons, and you give your time, and you give your energy, and you give your food, and then when uh, Halloween comes around, and we have the harvest uh, time, uh, family night, whatever we call that, uh, we, you guys bring, like, bucket loads of candy, and you go to the store, and you put it in a, are you, are you getting the picture? Like, I could probably stand up here and, and for the rest of my time, maybe 25 minutes more, I could just begin to name all of the things that you all give to on a regular basis. I mean, there's the crossroads of Western, the crossroads of Western Iowa that you guys support. Uh, there's the, the missions up in Sioux City. Uh, there's a men's and women's shelter that you guys regularly visit and give to. Uh, there's the food pantry. Uh, I mean, there's just so many things. And, and can I just praise God for you? Can I just say... As, as a preacher, as a guy who comes to church and, and really enjoys the people that he gets to be around, thank God for your generosity. That one of the biggest results to living a generous life is that God is thanked. One of the biggest results that we can have when we give is, is that God is praised. That His name is lifted high. It's not about us wearing gold chains. It's not about us having more nice stuff. It is about God becoming famous. Can I just take you a little bit further into this text? Notice how many times God finds thanksgiving as people live generously. He says, I'm going to give you, uh, you may be made rich in every way so that you can be generous. And through us, your generosity is going to result in thanksgiving to God. And he says this service that you perform, talking about giving, is not only supplying the needs of God's people, it's also overflowing in many expressions of, you say it, thanks. Say thanks. Thanks to God. That when we live a generous life, God is the one who is lifted up. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity with them and with everyone else. And here's another result. Not only is, is God thanked, not only is He praised, not only is His name lifted high, uh, we might actually get a result too. Uh, notice what He says in verse 14. And in their prayers for you... Their hearts will go out to you because of your surpassing of the surpassing grace God has given to you. 
not only are we a part of making God famous, but we might have an opportunity uh, arise where because of our generosity, people begin to pray for us and say, man, thanks be to God. But I'm going to pray for those people over there at Whiting Christian Church. You notice how this whole section ends in verse 15. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. You see, when we live a generous life, God gets the credit. It just galvanizes this whole idea that giving is really about God. And we have an opportunity when we give to say, praise God from whom all blessings flow. There was a church uh, that I was a part of. There's been several churches that I've been a part of that um, on occasion we would sing the doxology. Some of you know it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Right? You guys know? Some of you. And we would sing the doxology. And it was wonderful. And it's just this admonition, this praise, this thanksgiving to the Lord. Lord, what we have is Yours. Help us to live this generous life because you stand behind us. So what is it that you should do with your money? What is it that you should do in living the generous life this week and next week and next month and next year? What is it that you should do? You should use your money in such a way that blesses other people and gives God credit. You should, you should live your life with your money in such a way that you live generously so that it blesses the lives of other people and makes God famous. Because generosity, generosity imprints the star of God in people's lives and He is made famous. So this next week is Thanksgiving. And maybe you're going to be traveling like I will be. And you're going to pull into the gas station. And you're going to be thinking about this sermon. At least I hope. And you're going to be thinking, okay, how can I use my money right now to bless the lives of someone else so that God gets the credit? So maybe standing there, in the cold, in the wind, because if you're traveling at Thanksgiving, it's always got to be cold. And you pull into the station, and someone pulls in next to you, and you just say, hey, God bless you. I'm going to take, take care of your gas. Now, I can hear some of you. Some of you are like, choose the economy car. Okay, but whatever you give, give cheerfully, okay? Or maybe you're at that same gas station and you walk in because you needed a snack or you needed a cup of coffee because you decided to drive through the night, I don't know, and there's someone behind you and they're getting a Cinnabon and a cup of coffee and you're like, hey, what is mine? Is I'm getting theirs. And maybe you're at dinner one night, I don't know, and you look around and you're like, those people, they look like great family. I'm going to give, right? And they're, I'm going to pay for them to the glory of God. I don't know. 
I mean, I'm sure that there's a thousand, million, hundred different ways uh, that you could find uh, to begin to live a generous life and with what you do to make money or the money that you've earned to give and live generously and bless other people and make God famous. You see, I don't want to walk in the lives of people I don't want to walk into the lives of people like I walked down Hollywood Boulevard that day and not see Jesus' name. You see, that's what we're here for. We are here to make God famous. We're here to establish that star on the lives of people. And generosity is one way that God's star is imprinted with people. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for your goodness to us. I pray, Lord, that uh, you will continue to operate in us, to work through us. Lord, I, I give you thanks for a, a beautiful church that knows the definition and understands what generosity is. And Lord, I pray that we will just continue to do that. And I pray, Father, that you will just continue uh, your reign and your rule in us as we live generously. Lord, thank you for standing behind us in our offerings and our givings. Lord, help us to continue to live a generous life. And Lord, I pray that the result of all of that is really that you are thanked. That you receive thanksgiving from people. That you are praised. And Lord, we thank you for the prayers of those who go out because we lived generously. And may you hear those prayers. Lord, I pray for all those here. I pray that in some way, in the next day, in the next two days, in the next week, that we'll take a big step and we'll live and begin to live a generous life. Thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. Oh, thank you for your goodness to us. For you are good and you are God. We love you. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. If you're someone who is here today, you're, you're like, whoa, my first day at church was <laughs> you talking about giving. That's uncomfortable for me. Hey, you know what? We're okay with that. Because we're going to continue to stand behind this. And if you have questions about that, we would love to just visit with you about what it means and where all of this generos uh, gener generosity and generous living comes from. If that's you, will you come and find me? Come find Josh. Find this, the person that you came with. We'd love to talk to you about why this is even important. Let's stand and let's sing.